You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. man podcast i'm your host doc Coyle. thank you as always for checking out the program we have a good show for you today a legend one of the ultimate the ultimate x-men in in history so it's very exciting very exciting um what's going on with me i've been your boy's been at it all right i leave for tour i guess it's weird to call it a, a tour but it's uh god forbid is doing three shows like normal shows and then we're on headbangers boat with lamb of god and mastodon testament municipal waste bleed from within shadows fall so many bands it's going to be absolutely insane and then oh, i guess lacuna coil hatebreed on that so we're doing two shows with lacuna coil and lines at the gate and then one show with hatebreed all in florida and the uh, hatebreed shows are already sold out and I think these other shows might sell out as well. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And, but all the work around that is, you know, is fairly exhausting. <laughs> and so I've been basically preparing on two fronts because uh, Bad Wolves just announced headline dates. So we're doing shows. I'd have to look this up. Um, I think in, um, Knoxville, Tennessee, going to be playing in Spartanburg, uh, South Carolina, one show in North Carolina, and then we're also going to be playing in Destin, Florida, same place we're playing with, uh, God forbid, actually, a few weeks earlier. So so basically, I have to prepare for two like headline sets. So God forbid is doing, essentially, we're doing something kind of cool because we're doing three sets on the boat. We want to change it up slightly every show. So we have like a pool of like 15 songs. And so we're, we have six shows and every show has a slightly different set list. So, (laughs) so it's a lot of prep and I've just been so busy. I've just, just now started like, oh, I should probably start practicing the songs or busting out two songs. We didn't play at all on any of the reunion shows. Um, And one of them is a song we actually haven't played since it came out we did it i think for one or two tours and then haven't played it since because it, so it's it's technical um which is probably i feel like you know with, with god forbid we have this range of songs that get that are pretty pretty straightforward to can get pretty rigorous and we'll play the rigorous stuff i'm like oh yeah we played that but it wasn't fun <laughs> and then we'll kind of shy away from it but then eventually you have to kind of put your big boy pants on and uh and just try it out again. So this this one, the one Byron was like, we he's been trying to get it in the set forever. And we're like, all right. And uh, I had to like learn the solo properly. So I'm working on that. And uh, and yeah, it's just a lot a lot of work, you know, especially with uh, Bad Wolves as well, because it's a new album. And so you're all the new songs are new to you. So it's like I don't care what it is when you're when you're putting together new songs. It's it's like getting your getting brand new legs each time you're just figuring it out, feeling it out, get learning the intricacies. And it takes months and months on tour, I think to really lock in with new material so that it feels like second nature. So that's been a challenge. And then we're also bad wolves is adding a handful of songs we've never played with DL or I, th- and I think one song. Yeah. I think it's just all songs we haven't played uh, with DL and then another song that we haven't played 
from the last album that is a DL song, but we haven't played it yet. So it's a lot of new. Um, so it's you kind of like building a set from uh, square one. And then with Bad Wolves, you know, we have our whole sets on a playback. So you know, we have to have interludes and intros to everything to kind of account for people taking a drink of water or me, I have to do guitar changes. So I'm like t- making interludes and stuff and all that stuff is just very time consuming. So I've been really like wrapped up in that promoting the new bad wolves album and yeah i've i kind of i think i burnt myself out a little bit but um you know just been wrapped up in that a lot of events i went to a few shows it was my birthday this past weekend and i got to see papa road Sh- shine down and spirit box and i went to see better lovers all out in the orange county and then yeah and then i had a um ice nine kills just put out their brand new song video meet and greet so I went to the premiere of that where they showed the whole entire Harwood saga uh, film. It's a movie. It's basically a movie with all their videos. And that was a really, really great time. And then this week, I'm actually going to be over at Musicians Institute doing an interview for their conversation series, which has like people like Tony Iommi and Nikki Six and like the singer from Panic at the Disco. So I don't know how they they got my number. They thought I, I was worthy, <laughs> but it's funny. I was, I was telling them, I think my experience as far as helping or teaching anything to, to young prospective musicians might be actually a little, a little bit more applicable, I think, to a lot of those students, as opposed to bringing in Nikki Six or Tony Iommi, who were, you know, all, all time legends worth in the, how, how, who knows how many millions of dollars, because it's more likely their path is going to be similar to mine. So I'm really going to try and you know, uh, give them that perspective and, and from a kind of working class standpoint. So we'll see, it's just a lot going on. And so I leave in like a week and I'm just kind of banging my head against the wall, trying to get everything done and also keep up with this podcast, which I wanted to put out two days ago or day before yesterday. And, you know, life gets in the way. So I'm trying to keep up with it. I just got, who did I have on? Uh, I just had, we did a metal allegiance. Oh yeah. I'm also, I'm playing metal allegiance. (laughs) uh next year january 25th we've, you know with all the crazy guys from that all, all my heroes on that and so i had mark mengi uh alex skolnick and dave El- david ellison on an episode so that'll be coming out soon as well so we got a lot going on a lot going on all right i'm gonna stop running my mouth and i don't have a sponsor this week but i figured i'd play the new bad wolves so- song i don't know if you guys have heard this it's a lot different for the band but something I really vibe with. This is the title track from the brand new Bad Wolves album, which comes out November 3rd. So in a few weeks, make sure you pre-order it, pre-save. We got vinyl. Usually the vinyl takes a while to get in, but the vinyl actually looks really cool. And uh, yeah, this is a cool, cool tune. Definitely the probably, probably the heaviest one we put out so far. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Check it out. This is Die About It. That comes out your mouth and concerning me You're never hurting me, looking foolish universally Spreading disease with your pestilence Playing your internet game for the hell of it Grasping at straws, you deem yourself relevant With crystal clarity, lacking the etiquette I don't wanna talk about your temperament I don't wanna come across spitting like a pessimist We're bad friends, nah, we just met the requisite Crawling on glass, cause the motherfucker's delicate Backstage waiting on my sentiment In the meantime, had a apartment and gentleman But we all know that you're just so negligent And you give us something like a motherfucking testament Just like, 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 like,
mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effie Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Ready for a head-bangingly good time? Dive into the world of heavy metal with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Here, we don't just talk music. We welcome you into our heavy metal family. Join us for candid chats with legends and rising stars. We go beyond the typical interviews, exploring raw emotions and the life-altering impact of heavy metal. So whether you're a diehard metalhead or just curious, join our family and let the headbanging begin with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. So that was Die About It, the title track from the brand new Bad Wolves album coming out on Better Noise Music November 3rd. Please buy the record, stream the record. We have videos out. We have three music videos out. Video just came out for that. Hope you enjoyed it. DL, he's my new favorite rapper. Yeah, he's, he's got bars. I love it. Um, yo, and even that new kind of scream sound, that's like a new voice he summoned. You know, he's down with, down with Satan somewhere. Uh, <laughs> ch- channeling the the demon and uh, yeah I think it's a really cool song really excited to play it live we, uh, we're going out with Bush coming up next for about three weeks between November and December get tickets to those and like I said we added four headline shows and the beginning of the tour and then we're adding four more on the end on the west coast so I think we're playing not an out yet but I think we're playing Seattle we're going to play in LA, maybe a couple more. We'll see, but try and come out to those shows. It's going to be really, really colorful. And if I didn't talk about this already, we have a great guitar player coming to play with the band name uh, AJ Rebolo or Reboyo. I think I'm one of those is right. And he is of the band Issues. Incredible, incredible band. Such a talented guy, such a nice guy. And I'm really looking forward to jamming with him. So. Got a lot going on. Your you boy's busy as always. One day I'll take a vacation. We'll see. Maybe on this this boat uh, I'll get to a vacation in between, God forbid, sets. So we shall see. All right. Without further ado, we have an incredible guest. I mean, I've been trying to get this guy on the show for a very, very long time. And uh, one of the nicest guys, I think, in, in heavy metal and uh and one of the most talented absolutely of course it's tim ripper owens the legend of all legends uh has sang for judas priest they made a movie based on his life which is you know i know not totally accurate which (laughs) we talk about in the in, in the interview but you know he has performed and toured with bands like iced earth with ingve malmsteen i mean the the list is very very long he is extremely Accomplished Charred Walls of the Damned, featuring my boys uh, Jason Sukoff and Richard Christie. And currently he's performing with KK's Priest, which people seem to be flipping out over. So, and I think they just did some of their first live shows. And uh, and I was just really glad we got to make this work out. So I'm going to shut up. Let's get to my interview with the incredible, legendary Mr. Tim Ripper Owens. <laughs> Ripper, thank you so much for being a guest on the X-Men podcast. Thanks, buddy. It's, it's been a long time coming, hasn't it? I know. We we played, uh, I don't know if we call it phone tag or email tag. 
<laughs> whatever yeah. the proper phrase. But uh, I'm I'm really glad we we got to to work it out. I've actually been on hiatus from the show, so this is really one. Oh, see, now we have this thing going here. Hold on, let me. There we go. Now I don't hear myself going live. <laughs> uh, no, and um, we were going back and forth, and this is my first show in a while, so I feel like this is an epic guest because you you are one of the ultimate x-men in my opinion i was i was about to say that i might be the the biggest x-men there is yeah <laughs> i mean listen it's 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 a tag you know i'm, I'm glad I'm, I'm putting that word out there that phrase so that we know because we're like a tribe you know us we, we used to be doing something but yeah your your story is obviously one of the most famous stories if not the most famous in the last you know 20 30 years for this uh, genre we're, we're in. So obviously you are the perfect guest. Anyway, so welcome to the show. You know, I should re change that to not the biggest X-Men, but the the most X-Men. <laughs> most, so let's change not the biggest to the... <laughs> hey man, see that me, the, I just see a brother's working. All right, I'm just happy, I just see people, you know, the hardest thing to do in this, I think business is just keep working and keep getting good gigs like that's i think it's just very impressive yeah yeah i mean listen if i can make a living doing music i'm pretty happy yeah i mean listen it's we're in, we're in the minority you know those of us that actually get get to do it I, I say there's like three levels there's like you're paying money to do music you're breaking even and then you're making money and even when you're making money like even if you make five dollars that's still better than the other two but it yeah. almost becomes like that struggle between, okay, I'm making some money, but I'm not making enough to live, or I'm making enough to live, but I'm not making enough to live well. You know, it's always that struggle. For me, it just seems to go in levels of the older I get, the better it is. So it's kind of like you're, and that's with a lot of musicians, right? I mean, you're younger, you don't, you know, you just, you, you can play and pay to play and do it, right? Because you don't have, you don't have the kids and the family and the living and the mortgage and this and that, you know, and then you get older, it just keeps getting more bills as you get older. So you have to do, do it more. You know? I know. Well, it's funny. I had some questions that I was gonna ask later, but I feel like we're already on, on the topic, but to me, like your career is, I, I mean, I don't even know if I describe it as unique, but just this idea of you're always doing something right? It's like whether it's a solo thing or, you know, some of these kind of all-star live band scenarios like Hail or something, or, you know, a project like KK's Priest. Is this something that kind of stems from your desire to just keep working? Or is it something where just constantly you just keep, you keep getting opportunities, so you just kind of jump on them? Well, it, yeah, I mean, I, it, with me wanting to just do music as a living, I think was it, you know, you have that option. If, if people want you to be in one band, then you start thinking, hmm, I, I probably would have to have a regular job if I had one band uh, to, to survive. So um, it does that. And I'll tell you, a big help to make me do even more stuff was when COVID hit, because then I thought, what am I going to do? I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, as we all did, we all make money touring and doing music and when that hit so that made it even branch out even more where i do even more things but um i think it was just necessity and and i don't know if there's much of a choice i mean it's a different era of music you know the big giant one band things they're hard to come by i mean listen congrats on the bush tour by the oh, way thank you. <laughs> be great fun. yeah that's gonna be awesome that looks fantastic but you know it's hard i mean i'd love my my two main things really are the biggest one is KK's priest right now. Obviously, I mean that's the one that that I'd love to put all all the eggs in one basket. But solo was the other thing. I can I tour the world playing solo and put these records out and did the the uh, the uh, return to death row ripper solo EP with Jamie Josta. But yeah, I mean it's, I think it's just something that I I don't have a choice anyways. Really, it's it's uh, um, and I'm it's a pretty good problem to have isn't it you know to, to be in demand and to want people to want you to do stuff and, and join the bands and sing on songs you know it's and i love doing it there's nothing better than sitting home you know when covid hit i, I probably did full full length records and guests on gosh i don't know how many people around the world some of them good some of them bad um but i get to sit at home and sing music you know i mean do music and write music and play music and sing it's I, I'm pretty lucky to be able to do that. Do you have your own home studio where you can do all that stuff and you like engineer stuff for yourself? 
Yeah, it's lucky being a singer. It's nice and easy, you know. I mean, uh, I, I'm in Australia right now, and I actually brought my laptop and my my mic and my little interface with me to to do a couple songs. While I'm, it's harder to do that though, if you're in a hotel or an apartment or somewhere where there's people around singing. It's yeah. not something, especially me, that I could do quiet. So I have to make sure nobody's around. Guitar player, you can put your headphones in and be in your hotel room and write your music and even record your music for for records now. Yeah, but yeah. I sit at home and it took me a while for to talk KK into it though, because he was like, you know, he's old school. You're coming out to England and you're doing it. I'm like, Ken, I could sit at home. I can, you don't have to fly me there. I can, uh, you know, have my coffee and get up in the morning and start singing. And I love it. I love, I just sit at home and do it. Was, was that, so which way did you end up going? Did you end up doing it on your own or did you go to England? I did it on my own. Yeah. I finally, everybody else recorded in England, but, but, uh, um he finally gave in and said yeah go ahead and do it and and i'm i think he was pretty happy that i did because i think the vocals on the record <clears throat> were were more broad and you know it, it, you know as it, you would know not having that when you're in the studio it's it's great i love it it's fantastic but when you're at home doing it even as a guitar player i would imagine you can you can try other things and put other things down whether they use it or not you could just experiment do more things so i just sat there and and he finally did yeah he finally was like okay go ahead well listen if it if it works it works right like you can record something you send it in and if it's not up to par or whatever they think is the proper quality then you at least have an immediate feedback right like it's a low kind of risk endeavor you know where you can always yeah. change it and go, go go the other way, but I but that definitely surprised me because I think it sounds amazing. You know, I would I would probably wouldn't have guessed that you did it on on your own, but it's yeah, it sounds I did it all and and I send in plenty of vocals. You know, when I do it, some of the verses this album I didn't double. I used to, I like to double all my verses, but this one I I don't know. I had this feeling on some of the songs just to put one line for the main verse, but I would always I'd always put two low notes and double it and i'd always add two high notes actually to the verses in case they wanted to use it and you know you just there's a lot of you could probably tell i did it at home because there's a lot of high notes throughout the record that i kind of forgot that i did so there seems to be a sh uh, just a shitload of high notes uh which isn't even my favorite thing to do to be honest but i'm i'm kind of forced to sing high notes now um <laughs> i think the difference you could tell that i did it at home was there's more aggression to it you know yeah. my you know, me growing up listening to to Testament, Death Angel, and and Slayer, and you know all my favorites, Sepultura. So there's a lot more of the. It's that's. I mean, I don't sound like that, but there's still more aggression. You know, it's like yes. Yeah. So, I think that's great. You know, it keeps it. Uh, you know, that that kind of to me in many ways like the Judas Priest sound is is this kind of prototypical heavy metal sound, right? That we're kind of, that's known for that. But branching out and adding your character to it is, I don't know, like it makes it more modern. It makes it more, gives it more personality. And yeah, that just that aggressiveness. I love it when you do that stuff. Well, I listen, just like you probably, I mean, I like to tell stories with my singing. And that's not with the lyrics, is just the lyrics. It's with the, the, the sound of the voice, you know, changing characters. I grew up listening to David Bowie and and Halford and Dio and John Oliva. So those voices always told characters. They didn't even, not even if you're listening. I mean, you listen to Ronnie Dio and he, he would sound just like a, a, a woman, a pretty woman at one minute. Then he sounded like the devil the next minute, you know? And I was like, yes, you know, I mean, you listen to children of the sea and it's like so beautiful. And then he comes in with that and it's like, and that's the same with guitar playing. You know, I, I could say that's the same thing on this record with the guitar playing because KK one minute, the beginning of uh, "Wash Away Your Sins," the last song on the record, he sounds. It makes you want to cry. He has that little down, and it's like awesome, you know. So it's the same with you guys. You guys play these things, and it's so emotion, so much emotion in there. One minute it's really heavy, the next minute it's it's, it's melodic. Yeah, I mean that's to me that's that's what metal is. It's it's the best bands I think can cover a wide variety of emotions. You know, it's not just it, one thing all just, the time. I'm in. Ink. I'm in Australia, so I can drink coffee out of a cunt mug because I'm in Australia. <laughs> but in Did America, you... I can't do that. So no, I I love it. I you gotta listen. You gotta find the things from other cultures and 
bring them with you. Okay. That's, you know, cunt as a uh, term of endearment is a beautiful thing. And I think it should spread around the world. My opinion. Yeah. My kids laugh and don't like when I'm, I say that word around their friends, but still it's a, uh, Every time I come back, I jokingly say, you know, there's two ways you can say it. When you say it, cunt, that's a good way. Cunt. And then if you say cunt, that's a bad way. So it's kind of, I'm learning all these things. Just be <laughs> careful. I, even here, I like to say it on stage all the time when I'm in Australia or England. Because, you know, you come it. back from these places and it's just the regular word. And you come back to America, it's like, it's funny. Well, well, you know, it's a, you got to be amongst those that understand you know the lingo so it's it's amongst friends you know what i'm saying yeah yes <laughs> so what are you in australia for oh, a little little holiday my girlfriend lives here i'm having a little holiday been traveling so much and touring so much and and i go back on the road again and so uh just trying to have a of course i've been doing interviews the whole time and recording some so it's been a mix you know yeah though a vacation is never truly a vacation yes not uh, for I just watched this little mini documentary about the the KK's priest, I guess, first venture back into the live uh, arena. Was that like a one-off or part of some touring? We did. Uh, that was the first show at KK Steel Mill. And, and then we did two festivals after that. Then we and, and we recorded two videos before we even started on that. And then we had a little time off a few weeks and then we went back out and did three more festivals uh and now we're getting ready to do uh a uk run and a show in malta uh in a couple weeks so yeah it was just the first one it was the first time on stage you know so we were uh um ready to do it yeah i mean i i guess you know for certain bands you know they jumped right back in with the touring like as soon as they could and i know some bands are kind of taking their time kind of dipping their their toes in there but do you think the project's probably going to that's going to ramp up with more touring well that's the that's what we want to do i mean you know <clears throat> how hard it is to to do it now at the expense of touring yeah um and you know ken's just not going to go out and play anywhere and do this he wants to take the full pyro that we have in the full production he wants to do it right yeah he's like i'm not going out and, and playing big Bob's big bamboos and and doing it. It's got to be the right stage, the right tours. And so it's all being worked on. And I think the big one with these first shows was to show the people what we have, what we sound like, what we look like, that we're a band, uh, you know, and, and uh, I think the whole package. So I think the big one was to just start off showing people what we got and then start getting more offers to come in after that. You know how it is. It's like, you're trying to show that the proof is in the pudding and uh, as Ken would say. And uh, so that's what that was. Yeah. I mean, I remember when, when the record first dropped, um, I actually had KK on the show, which was amazing. I was so, I, so happy about I it. Watched it. Oh, that's I, great. I watched it. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it. It was good. It was great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously very intimidating. <laughs> you know, yeah. when you're, you're speaking to one of the, uh, the true, the true met, metal gods, but I was, um, amazed by just um, not only how humble he was um, and personable, but just youthful. I mean, there's no way looking at him or hearing how he talks about music and how excited, um, you know, uh, how is that kind of, cause you know, in many ways, like you're kind of like the next generation above me. He's like the next generation above you, right? And we we're trying to figure how long we can do this heavy metal thing, right? And I think we're starting to learn. We kind of do it till the wheels fall off, right? Till, it, till, till they literally pull us from the stage, you know? I don't have much of a retirement plan, so I'll be doing it for a long time. Um, you know, it's funny. When I joined Judas Priest, I remember going, man, they're old. You know, older, you know. And then I look at it. They were actually in their upper 40s. And, they're, you know, I'm 56. So they were older than, you know, and I'm thinking, whew. But he is amazing. I mean, you nailed it. I mean, it is just unbelievable. He is so energetic, so youthful. He's just such a great guy, such a great friend and, and great to everybody. You know, his one thing he always does, he wants to always make sure that he points out the band members. You know, this is this guy, this guy, they're, you know, because we're a band. But I'll sit at rehearsal, and you know how rehearsals and production rehearsals are. They're all day, they're days. You know, we got like 12 guys on the crew, I think, and it's just an all-day thing, and 
singers have it the 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 well the easiest and the worst. It's the most boring for us most of the time. And uh, I will I will be sitting there watching Ken standing, going at it all day long, talking this that into it, and I'm taking naps over at the side and laying on the stage, and I'm thinking how and and then look at him like he just I've seen him from a there's a picture I posted on my social media and it's got my feet up on a railing and I'm saying Ken's looking for me while I'm taking a nap and uh he looks like a kid a teenage kid standing over there you know and it's he really is it's you know he wasn't much of a party or anything like that you know he drinks beer but he always took care of himself and you could really tell you know and he um yeah, it's it's I, I say it all the time. I'm like, man, he it's unbelievable to look at him. And yeah, I it it does. It makes you look and go, yeah, we can do I mean, there's so many you look at so many people, Paul McCartney and 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 you know, all those people from uh, uh Mick Jagger and, and then the people from our era, it's like, yeah, you know, Paul Stanley, whoever it is. I mean, all of the people I listen to are in their seventies now, you know. I mean, when I was in the eighties, so um, you're probably probably looked at me at one time and thought how old I was. So um, it, well, you're, you're um, getting younger. You're getting younger because, <laughs> uh, you you know, um, I'm sure people in follows you, you know, you drop some weight and that always like I think de-ages anyone, you know, and they just when they get a little yeah. little, little trimmer, you know, I see you getting a little ripped, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm liking that. So, uh, you know, I feel like you're, you're you're going the other way. So we're very happy for you. <laughs> Filters do amazing things on phones now. <laughs> listen there's no filter there you look fantastic all right yeah, thank you yeah I've, I've worked at it but I, now i have to keep up with ken yeah he's he is something else i mean he's and he's a great guy and it's it's uh he's you know he's a great guy to be around just for all those reasons yeah i remember when the record dropped uh it charted really well like it sold a lot of records and then because uh, i think bad wolves we put a record out around the same time and I was like, you know, so I was like following the charts and it was very consistent. And I was in many ways, like very surprised how tapped in people were to the, to the, to the record and the, and the project. So it's, it just must be exciting to see like there is an interest in something where, you know, you, you launch something new and especially something like that, where there might be some controversy around it, or maybe some, some pushback where, you know, where. You know who knows i don't know i don't know if there's tension between the camps or i know there's been some stuff kind of going back forth in in the press a little bit but people there seems to be a desire to see the band and a hunger for the music which is amazing yeah and there's always going to be that when you have somebody leave a band who was a founding member and and you know they go on but uh you know it won't work to i don't have any anything with with the gut with priest you know rob and all of them we're all friends and you know uh, and Ken, I know he gets asked these people keep saying he talks about it in the press all the time. Well, he gets asked the questions. We all get asked questions. You yeah. get asked questions about former band members you don't want to talk about. And that's just how it is, <laughs> you know. Um, and you answer the questions. So do I. I get asked these questions. But he he never says one thing about the band except good thing about good times. Uh, this tour, we did this. So there's none. I think it's all about. I know what's called KK's priest and, and whether that was his idea, which I think it was more of the label and the promoters and agencies who wanted the name to be connected. Listen, we're not reinventing the wheel here. We're not young. We're not going to start off with something brand new. It's good marketing. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, right? Yeah. I mean, this is, this is how it is. He's, he, this is his life. He's been in one band his whole life. He was in one band. He wrote for one band. And, and the song titles being connected. These are all things that Ken wants to do because this is his life and he's connected to it. Some people, some there's people who want him to give it a chance because they don't like the name of the band or the title of the songs, which is typical nowadays. But listen, he has, he, he, his whole focus is writing these songs and sounding as good as we can. I mean, it, I think it shows on the, in the new record. I mean, it's such a great record in my, in my opinion. The videos are great. Um, you know, I think it's, he's just having fun with it and he has nothing when he's, when he's not being asked the questions, like I don't sit at rehearsal and ask him, so what did, uh, this old band member say, or, you know, what's, you know, we don't even talk about it. He never, and if he does, he just says good things. So it's kind of, 
kind of complete opposite of what I mean. Obviously, you put a book out, but when you put book books out, I'm not putting one out just because of. I want to read that up. book. Come on, <laughs> going to be talks about you know uh, midgets and and things, and I'm you know no, I'm kidding. Um, he he, um, you know, you say things in books that truths maybe you shouldn't say things, but truths hurt yeah. other people. People hate to read truths about things, and you know it all sucks. It all sucks. But the good thing is he doesn't talk about it to anybody when we're around all he says is good things yeah well it's sometimes i i think about that right like there's so much that the public doesn't know about every band right there's so much dirt there's so much ugly stuff and i think at the end of the day though that's what the publishers want that's what the people want to read they want to it's like yeah. there's a reason why motley crew called their book the dirt because it's yeah. here's all the the stuff that probably a lot of people wouldn't want to keep secret if they could but you know it's real and it's there's crazy stuff that happens behind the scenes bands fight they're well, doing wild stuff you know Captain more i think because motley Crue's career was 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 partly made on the dirt you yeah. know that's what they did they couldn't wait to get that out in the open hey we did this and did this and this is what's going on i mean that's sex drugs and rock and roll that was their that was it man i mean judas priest was never that you know, it was never that. It was never sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It was just heavy metal, it seemed like, you know. And you didn't even know about their personal stuff, life. So it was a whole different era. But, um, And I'm the same way. I, You know, I just, uh, I don't need to talk about it, that stuff, you know, in a book. I, my book would be probably pretty boring. So I think I'll. Well, I mean, you're, I mean, listen, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting where you're looking back on, it's, you know, we're over, you know, 20 years, right? Plus 20 years plus from you being, you know, uh, doing Judas Priest and kind of moving on to other things. But because they made this movie, it's become this other piece of lore. And they're almost like, it's hard to disconnect the two, right? From how the mythology is, is perceived. Yeah. I mean, what's your currently, like, how do you, when you look back on that and how, like, what is it? how does that feel like kind of posthumously or where you're at today? Does it feel like the past? Does it feel like something that you're never really going to get away from? Or is it, is it positive? How do you vibe with that? Oh, it's absolutely positive. I've, there's no reason to get away from it. I mean, yeah. I was the singer of Judas priest. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it, it was it, just an absolutely great time in my life. Uh, you know, it was like a family, uh, that's you know i don't miss the touring with them strangely enough because i tour more places now solo i mean i'm in everywhere from africa to to israel to to you know whatever dubai to beirut to south america i mean it's alaska you name it i, I go i miss them i miss the dinners you know maybe glenn and kk and i going golfing uh you know i just miss all that stuff you know um uh, just hanging with them but yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be connected. I remember I tried to get rid of when, when I left the band. I, I took Ripper out of my name, and uh, it just didn't that I couldn't get rid of it. You know, I mean, it was just there. And uh, the name's too um, cool. I mean, that's one of the coolest metal names of all time. So you get, get can't get away from yeah, that. <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. So I, you know, I there's no reason to. I mean. It'd be nice, you know. Pr there's no way promoters are ever not going to do my solo tour and have ex singer of. Of course, they got a lot of X's to write by my name and bands, but there's no way they're not going to write X singer Judas Priest. I mean, that's just, and I, I, I even told them that at first, and I'm like, it's just, you know, I mean, I've had a, I've made my own career after Judas Priest. I've played, you know, whether it was solo and and doing things or with other bands. So, I, I'm comfortable with it. I know there's other people out there who go, oh, he's living off of this. It's like I'm not living off of. I, I live off of me now. I mean, that's who I live off of. But I look back on Judas Priest things, and yeah, I mean, I, I would, I absolutely love everything about it. And it would, that's a, that's an amazing time. Grammy nominated, all the records. I mean, I, I went from, I was, I went from 
never going to be a musician. I just played locally and stuff. I didn't plan on being, I had a regular job and just getting a call out of the blue to, to come try out from, for Judas Priest. I mean, it was like, what the hell? You know, so it's pretty crazy. What about the the film? I'm, I've I've read some stuff that you don't have a positive kind of a, opinion of how that how that worked out. Is that is that still the how you feel currently? Yeah, I mean the only good thing about it was I had abs in the movie with Mark Wahlberg playing me. <laughs> so I've I've never had not even probably as a fetus I've never had any resemblance <laughs> in my life. Um, yeah, I mean yeah it and listen. It's it's our fault, probably the band's fault, because they pulled away from it. They didn't like how they were being portrayed, but they were p- portrayed pretty similar. I mean, it wasn't like they were, you know, one guy ruled the band. One guy did this. One guy did that. They kind of. Um, but I, I think once they pulled away, the band, the, the movie was like movie company was like, listen, Warner Brothers is like, well, we're we're going to add our we're going to change it so we don't have to pay you any money and we're going to you know then they went on the road with pantera so that was like night and day the writer went on the road with pantera to write some backstage stuff i'm like well that's you went from sitting around talking having a beer to you know orgies and and fun and uh you know so i think it was i don't have you know i'm not you know i don't think the music's that great um that's probably the best part of it, though. But it's a movie. I mean, you know what happened is it could have been a serious movie, and I think they made it like a Spinal Tap movie. Yeah. They made it a shade heavy metal movie, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And that's not always what it's about. You know, even when I was younger in that band, that's not what it was about. It was about the shows for us and trying to do it. It was a horrible time for heavy metal. It was the mid '90s. Um, they, you know, we were playing. They should have showed how shitty it was at the time. You know, and uh, you know, so. I'm I'm honored about it though. I think it's kick ass. I mean, I just got a call. I was on a golf course and I got a call. These this article came out in the New York Times, front cover of me on the on the uh, Sunday entertainment section, which they said never happens. And it's you know a front cover of me and and these people started calling my parents' house. My number was unlisted. It was crazy. And my mom's calling, going, "Hey, this company called. This company called. Then she and I was on a golf course and she goes, then she calls. She goes, Warner Brothers just called and I'm like what so it was just like surreal to me and it still is i think now would be great to have an actual movie and it and during the movie they're showing them making a movie about me so it'd be this whole little twist and it'd be pretty cool i so i had a uh, miles kennedy on the show yeah and yeah. i didn't realize he was in it and I, I i so i was like let me rewatch the movie so I, I probably watched the movie about a year ago and i remember back in the day i didn't really like it and maybe because i was in a band and it it felt kind of cartoonish but watching it now it's a really fun movie it's just a lot of fun and it's like it's funny and yeah i think what it is is you had the movie come out in the mid 90s but what it was really about was like a band from the 80s right so even though it was supposed to so it, i think it was supposed to kind of represent the world the way the metal world was maybe in 1985 not 1995 so by that time i think yeah, it, it encapsulated a lot of stereotypes about about the it, the scene and, yeah. the, and, and the culture. Yeah, well, you liked it because no one thought that was you in the movie. <laughs> but, I mean, he's still Mark fucking Wahlberg. I mean, one of the superstars. Uh-huh. By the way, have you ever gotten a chance to meet him? No, I was, I was supposed to get close, but the movie came out uh, at 9-11, like a couple days before oh, 9-11. Gotcha. I think it came out like on the eighth. So I was, we were in Mexico, Judas Priest, and we were supposed to fly to LA to start an American tour. And uh, I was supposed to do a bunch of interviews with talk shows and stuff. So I never met him. I was maybe gonna possibly meet him on that run, but never met him. And uh, he he mentioned my name one time, and I was all all excited. I think he was on like one of the Jay Leno or one of those at the time, and said something about this movie's loosely based on Ripper Owens. So I thought, all right, he said my name. Well, I still think it's fun, and I and I I totally get it. Like, you know, it's, it's it, it must be just kind of a, a surreal thing, but uh, I still think it's a cool thing for you just to be. You know, you're a part of history, you know, and that's something that will kind of keep that story alive, um, even if it's 
loosely tied to tied to reality and it's and and in, and in many ways i think that story is always going to be inspirational because it kind of tells people like hey if you're talented if you're doing great work if you have that special thing you know something can happen and your life could change overnight and it still happens all the time you know i almost had a very similar situation that i can't talk about but where i was like we could i, I they can make a movie about me if this <laughs> if this thing happens you know so it's you know it's still cool and it's still inspirational and it's well you know just because i don't think it's the best movie in the world doesn't mean i don't like that it's out there yeah <laughs> you know i'm honored i'm i mean i saw i get to sign those not a ton but i sign those someone will give me one all over the world in the weirdest places they'll give me that cover to sign and i think it's yeah I'm, i think it's i'd love to i definitely love to talk about it i mean there was a movie loosely based on it. i mean come on how cool is that and it wasn't i thought maybe it would have been boogie nights wasn't that mark Wahlberg movie it was <laughs> it was rockstar Right on. Well, you know, it, it'd be nice if he'd had that big prosthetic uh, in that and then created another myth, you know. And <laughs> I, could use, I could use it for sure. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, actually, kind of, kind of just to pivot back a little bit on a different subject, I mentioned uh, you losing some weight. What was the um, the impetus behind wanting to kind of trim down? Was it like a health thing or like a touring thing or... No, it just kind of happened. Or I slowly started doing it. I, you know, I always went. I went to the gym every day. You know, four or five days a week for the probably the past eighteen years, pretty much when I'm home. And I never, so I, you know, I always kept up with that. Uh, I just ate too much, you know. I think and uh, ate bad and ate too much. So, um, and I have had a few too many cakes and sweets here in Australia. <laughs> so I need to stop that. But. It, it it just slowly started, you know, and I remember somebody after about it, probably starting about June of, of last year, maybe I started working on it and it continued. I'll never forget in October, November, I was, I was down to like 170 at that time. And I think I started once in my weight, 220 on a scale, but that wasn't my official weight. I ate a big meal. So 215, I'm six foot 215. It wasn't at my highest and it wasn't out, out of this world, but um, somebody said, looks like you're sick. It looks like that. I'm like, it slowly came off for the past since June. It wasn't like I all of a sudden lost weight. So, I mean, I did get down to 163, which I, I knew was way too low for mm -hmm. me. I knew 170, 175 would be it. Um, but yeah, I just kind of started doing it and everybody asked, I've been singing really good. Uh, my voice is, but it's, it actually came back before I lost the weight. So it wasn't that, that did it. But, uh, you know, I don't really drink much. I have a beer here and there. Um, I take care of it, but yeah, I just started doing it. You know, and uh, um, it's it's uh, it could could really change. It really changed. Uh, all of a sudden, it was a big difference. All of a sudden, it just went like that. You know, I was like, wow, that's that's a big change. I had to get all new clothes. That's amazing. And I don't think I've worn medium shirt since I don't know when, you know, I mean, I was wearing, you know, extra large, maybe a large, but extra large and I wear medium shirt, you know, shirts and stuff. So it's kind of, kind of a big change, but you know, when you get old, it's hard to maintain it and you, you got to continue to, and you know, you go on the road, it's the temptations of burgers and fries or, or fries, or even if you eat vegetarian, it's hard to not eat bowls of pasta and a, and a croissant. And, you know, so I have to, have to be careful. Yeah. I mean, I was I was out for five months straight, and I, I feel like I put on extra five to ten. I'm still like fighting <laughs> off, but it's, it was just, but it was just. There's, sometimes there's just too much, you know. It, you know, especially if you're touring at a certain level, it's like, oh, here's, you know, they have all the meals, and it's like, here's after show food, here's this, and you have to, you know, or, or you're doing a tour with has really good catering, and it's like every meal there's like three kinds of pie. There's, there's ice cream, and this, and you have to be. But disciplined where it's at least at home you don't you know that stuff isn't there if you don't buy it but there it's just available all the time well you eat like you said the after show stuff and are you you're not at the venue all day and then you get there and you go backstage and there's all your your stuff and you're you know just picking and eating and getting ready to go then you have to get done and there's the after show food and you have something you know when i was in high school i was 230 pounds so it's always with me to, to do this stuff and uh um but it's it's hard. You know what I did when I was on tour, is I got a jar of peanut butter, 
and I had a little spoon. This is honest, honest, and I have low car. I eat lower carbs. I had a lot of low carb bars with me, but I would get hungry in my room, and I would just get a spoonful of peanut butter. You don't have to eat that. So I was, it was kind of probably not the healthiest thing in the world, but that's what I was. I would do. I would try to do instead of going out and eating a pizza with the guys or something. I was uh, unless they're going to offer me some chicken vindaloo, some curry or Indian food, then I'm I'm trying to stick away from it. Yeah, well, that, I think the. Um... The peanut butter thing—that was a Bill, you know, Bill Burr, the comedian. Yeah, he said when he was trying to lose weight, that's what if he was hungry at night, he would just have a spoonful of peanut butter. So I think that, oh, yeah. I think that's pretty good, you know, as far as things go. Yeah. There's a lot of calories, but it's you know, it's not carb heavy. You know, it's fat, yeah, it's pretty fat. good. It's a good one to have as long as I don't eat the jar, which I don't have one spoonful, and then I just keep going. Yeah. I even tried. I even took one of those little teaspoons that you get in the hotels, especially in and england and europe you get these little those little teaspoons and i would have that one and use that <laughs> i'm like could you imagine cleaning people coming to my room and there's like a jar of peanut butter next to my bed and they're probably thinking this what the hell is this guy doing yeah no it's all good it's all good listen i'm 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 happy for you and you're inspiring me you know maybe one of these days i'll i'll get this together you know i will Wait, you know what you look good. I don't listen. If I if I look like you, I wouldn't have to do it in the first place. So I don't know what the oh, hell you're talking about. You're far too kind. You're far too kind. Listen, we're we're. I think you know what it is. It's like in a in a kind of good way. I think when you're constantly having to perform and be in front of people, it's like you know you're like I have to be presentable. So it's that constant motivation, um, and also just the job is physical. You know, in 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 many ways, you know that we're athletes you know and and if you don't take care of yourself if you don't physically prepare uh you're gonna feel it and you're gonna you're not gonna perform as well you're not gonna have the endurance especially when it's a longer tour and you know it's everything gets affected by that and especially as you get older like you just can't you know you, you can't drink as much you can't eat as bad you can't you know you just have to you have to do that stuff it's like me now i, I do yoga <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know? so do i so you know, do i i, I, I have to do it, it as much as i should right now but i was doing that on the road as well like in, during rehearsal i would sit down on the stage and do some some lunges or, or downward dog or something and the guys would look at me like oh geez, listen we're always i'm always I mean, you probably do the same thing you'll be on stage and shows are you know that hour and a half or hour 15 or hour on stage it's like an eight hour job it's sometimes you know you get off and but you can tweak something all the time like i tweaked my hip lap the last show or the last tour and you know, even though I don't run around and get crazy, you're still you you're the effort you put into it. Your body just takes this jolt of some somehow doing it, you know. But yeah, that's yoga's the key, you know. My girlfriend does it, so that's when I started doing it. I'm like, I gotta start doing some yoga, I think. That's I'm not very limber though. My I don't call mine yoga. I call mine stretching. <laughs> um because it's 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 not i'm not the most limber fella in the world there so it's i always laugh when i'm at the gym when i go home i go to the gym every morning about eight o'clock i get there and i'll do some that the i'll do my yoga we'll call it ripper stretching over on the side and uh it's it's not the prettiest sight in the world there might be some grunts and groans going on over there and then i try to get up after i'm done with it it's like oh but it makes you so much better it's crazy how how much my better my joints start feeling after I start doing that. You know, you get older and getting out of the car. And when you're in the car for 20 minutes or 10 minutes, you get out and your joints are all stiff and you're trying, at least I am walking. And it's a crazy, it's crazy how much that helped me. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I have to do it for my back or else it, I just can't it, just, you know, cause I, I go all out on stage and I'm just head banging and doing things I probably shouldn't be doing. So if I don't do that stuff, my, my body will, uh, <laughs> will will rebel against me so yeah yeah yes but yeah but the more you do it the more like like a lot of the stretching stuff it's just you will get more uh limber if you just, you know the more you do it obviously that we're all kind of dealing with the hand we're given as far as like what we're able to do but the more you do it the the easier it'll come you know yeah yeah so i i had one last question and i and i hope this isn't too uh controversial or anything if you don't want to talk about it we don't we don't have to talk about it but um you know, I you know, I know me and you will talk sometimes on Twitter, and we know how Twitter is. <laughs> it's a it can get co- contentious, but I know, you know, you probably lean more on like the the right side of things. 
have you felt like being more in that camp has created like is that um is it a tough thing where like you have to kind of be more careful about what you say or like so you don't kind of create controversy or something that you're you don't really care like i'm gonna say what i'm gonna say and it doesn't really matter i don't i think people create the controversy i'm actually more in the middle yeah um i my whole life until I was 40 something, I was a Democrat. So, I mean, um, you know, uh, but people think they know you from liking a post. And most of the time, the posts I would like back, I don't even do it anymore, but like back in the day were, or say was, it wasn't actually, it was more of a common sense like for me, not a political like. Mm -hmm. I would call myself a common sense politician. I would vote for anybody. I get message, I get, the good thing about me, Doc, that you like is I'll, I'll get hate messages from both sides because they can't figure out what I am, you yeah. know? Um, me too. <laughs> you know, I'm, um, I'm... <laughs> uh, so uh, they do tend to be more death threats from the left to my family, Jesus. but Jesus, um, that's terrible. Uh, I haven't, I don't, I haven't gotten them in a long time. Cause I just stopped saying it because people think they know you. Yeah. And it's like, you don't, you don't know me from, from a tweet. I like, or if I support first responders or whatever, that, that doesn't, you know, that's not what it's about, you know? So, and then they'll hold a tweet over your, that you like from 15 years ago or 10 years ago, or whatever, probably not 15, it probably wasn't around. And that's just, so I just kind of stopped even mentioning it. You know, I know there's other singers out there that will still dog on me or musicians, I'll say yeah. every now and then. And all they do is post political stuff. And I don't, I don't even, if you follow me on Twitter now, you'll, you won't see anything. Listen, all my social media pages for the past years, all I've posted is stuff about music, you know? Yeah. And, but my whole thing is I'm a, I would say common sense. I'll, I'll listen, I'll vote right. I'll vote left. I, I definitely would lean more towards right because I'm a businessman and, you know, I watched my city disappear and it's, you know, but, I, that doesn't mean I'm a, I'm not the crazy. That's the problem nowadays. People are <laughs> the extremes. They're extremes. And yeah. I watch both sides and it just drives me nuts. I think, do you know how stupid you look? And, and listen, I've looked stupid. Don't get me wrong. I liked or said something or, that was stupid, but I don't consistently do it. Everybody will like a post that people aren't going to like, but I, I would say, you know, I will, I've, I've said it. I've always said it. Just let's, you know, vote common sense, vote policies, not parties, you know, and yeah. nowadays that's all there is. People just look at either what they, and I, my family still, my parents are still Democrats and I, you know, good, good for my, my dad. And he knows what he's talking about and that's what he does. And that's fantastic. I just, uh, you know, I just, I'm amazed at the way people um, take it too far. And it, here's the difference that you can't get out of. And I think it's funny. Whatever they were told they were supposed to be or grew up, some people just don't get off of that. They just do it. They don't even know policies. Yeah. You know, they don't even know what they're, they just go with what they think they're supposed to be behind. And it's, that's not what it's like. It's like being told that, let's say my dad listened to jazz. And that means that I had to listen to jazz my whole life. It's like, I don't have to listen to jazz. I can listen to Judas Priest, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I did back in the day and, and I, I steer away from it now just because not as much me, it's as much the other crazy people out there. You know, I don't need to have things, you know, get into a controversy with somebody over something, a stupid tweet or post. Yeah, no, I, I definitely gathered that. And, you know, to me, what I like is, you know, people, you know, gentlemen like you and myself, where we might even d disagree on something, but we also understand we probably have way more in common than we don't. And like this scene is like way more important. The, the music is way more important than like our divisions, you know? And so that's something like, or the fact that we can 
have conversations and respectfully disagree about things, I think is a, is a good way to be. But I think we're out of time here. I was only given 45 minutes. I don't want to get in trouble or anything. But listen, Tim, thank you so much for being on, on the show. It, it means the world to me. Um, so happy you're out there kicking ass and doing all these amazing things. Is there anything you want to plug or tell people about? When the When is the KK album come out? End of the month, end of end of September here. I think the 29th or something it's out. Then we got the, the UK run of dates. Uh, we got some other dates coming up, and then we got plenty in the future. I have a solo tour. The dates aren't out yet, but South America, end of October, November. Uh, but they could, you know, the Ripper solo EP is out, Return to Death Row, Jamie Jostin. It's a little more thrashy. It's more thrash type. But the KK's Priest thing, go go check out all the videos. Uh, check out all my social media pages out there and check out the KK's Priest stuff. It's pretty, pretty rocking. Definitely. Thank you so much. Congrats on everything. And I'll talk to you soon, brother. Doc, thanks, buddy. Cheers. Strike of the Viper from the brand new KK's Priest album, The Sinner Rides Again. And that was the incredible Tim Ripper Owens on the X-Men podcast. Thank you, Tim, so much for taking your time. What a swell guy. I don't use the word swell that often, but I'm, I'm bringing it back. Uh, <laughs> it's No, I feel like that's a very appropriate way to address him because, you know, he's just so chill. You know, me like me, if I could sing that good, I wouldn't be chill. I'd be crazy. You know, I'd be walking around just wearing a, uh, you know, crown or something, you know, or a big ass fur coat, you know, just being badass, you know, clapping for people to bring me, you know, you know, for servants to bring me things. That's what I would do if I could sing that good. But, you know, he's, he's decided to go the other way and just be a, a swell guy. So huge thanks to him for being on the show. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Check out that new KK's Priest album. Um, actually my girl, Courtney Cox, I think her, her new band just opened up for them. So that's, that's really, really cool out in somewhere in Europe, somewhere in the, uh, in the world. But, but yeah, there's not too much else going on with me right now. I'm actually have to leave right now to go jam with the guys we're waiting for. So right now it's just the stringed instruments getting together. Me, uh, AJ and Kyle, been jamming this, this, this bad wolf set. Then we got John coming in in a couple days and we're going to do like kind of the the instrumental side of things and get that up running and then 
we fly after the God forbid stuff. We're going to be in Indiana rehearsing a few days before the tour. So I love it though. I like being prepared. I mean, Bad Wolves ended up canceling our last tour with Asking Alexandria. And I feel like that would have been the not most most prepared we would have been for a tour. It would have been like really kind of crazy. So I feel like we're going to be very prepared for this one. But so hopefully it just goes well and uh, and everyone has a good time. So I'm going to get back to work. I have to actually hit the road in like literally like 10 minutes. So I'm going to bounce this down, get it up for the Internet. And the work never stops. And I, I live in Long Beach, so it's a lot of driving um, you know, a lot of commuting to get a lot of things done. So just, but that's what it is living in Los Angeles. A lot of traffic, a lot of, a lot of driving. So I'm going to get to it. You guys enjoy your day. Thank you for always listening to the show. Um, you know, like subscribe. I don't know. I never tell people to do that stuff. Uh, yeah. Like, and subscribe, leave a comment. There's my computer telling me to do things. That's fun. <laughs> and uh also uh you know if you want to sponsor the show just uh get at me i have some available slots shoot me an email at the xman podcast at gmail.com remember that's ex or just sh- get in the dms all right I'll talk to you guys soon mamba's out For a head-bangingly good time, dive into the world of heavy metal with the Brutally Delicious Podcast. Here, we don't just talk music. We welcome you into our heavy metal family. Join us for candid chats with legends and rising stars. We go beyond the typical interviews, exploring raw emotions and the life-altering impact of heavy metal. So whether you're a diehard metalhead or just curious, join our family and let the head-banging begin with the Brutally Delicious Podcast.